All right, everybody, welcome back to the Five Hole Taxi Squad, a five hole fantasy hockey presentation. We are here with you tonight on October 24th to take you through the weekend week three preview. So, Jay, let's start up the fairs and let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody, to the Five Hole Taxi Squad. We are your hosts, Craig, Jay, and Alan. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the pod. How are we doing tonight? Full slate of games. How are we feeling? Always great when the lightning shuts out a good team. Johansson stealing Vasilevsky's job, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He's going he's gonna to go somewhere and get paid is what's going to happen. Also, why did the Sabres decide to turn on this week of all weeks? My goodness, it's a brutal time in the fantasy world on my teams, facing both Alan and Craig, carrying tons of Tage Dobbs. Well, I chair. was just—I was going to save that one for a little. I was going to save that one for a little later, but if you want to talk about it now, the Sabers are alive and well. You know, dropping a six spot on the Senators tonight with Tage Thompson having three points, and as Jay said. He's facing me in one league and Alan in another uh, this week. Who both we both have several shares of the sleepy Buffalo Sabers who look to be at least for tonight not asleep anymore. So, welcome back to life, Tage Thompson, Alex Tuck, and Jeff Skinner, who had two goals tonight as well. Nice to see, and you know, Jack Hughes continues to be a revelation uh, for the hockey and fantasy world. After tonight, will most likely be the leading scorer in the NHL. He had three assists tonight. So, you know, just showing his depth of ability, not only scoring goals, but setting up his teammates for a Toffoli hat trick. Another guy that had been a little sleepy coming out of the beginning, the first two weeks of the season. Uh, but Hughes, in fact, had four assists tonight, not three. So he is certainly alive and well and making a push for maybe arguably the best player in the NHL right now. Definitely going to make a push like, you know, like I maybe stated a few times for the heart and maybe second in the league in in scoring because I'm sure McDavid's going to have a lot to say about that when he comes back from his short-term injury and probably just goes ham on the entire league. But yes, a full slate of games tonight. Uh, while we record on the 24th of October. But we are here to dive into the weekend week three preview. So let us do so, starting with a little bit of storylines, trends, and injury report from around the league, starting with the those in the infirmary that are dealing with some injuries. From a fantasy perspective, who are we you know, talking about from an injury perspective? We're talking about Jason Zucker is now week to week in Arizona. You know, secondary scoring asset in the Coyotes on the second line with Cooley, but hits and sh- shots on goal and a little bit of points upside. Uh, I had him in a couple of spots in categories leagues. Guess I'm going to have, 
steer elsewhere. Hopefully, I still have some ads left in the, those two leagues. Patrick Laine, uh, surprise, surprise, his day-to-day status turned into looks like a stint on the IR. So if I'm not mistaken, that means he is now out for four weeks uh, minimum, depending on how he heals up. So to me, that gives even more opportunity for Boone Jenner and Adam Ventilli down the middle of the ice for the Blue Jackets. I think that also gives some, maybe a little bit of extended run for Kent Johnson, who was kind of getting bounced around the lineup and even saw the press box at the beginning of the year. Oh, and then another one, surprise, surprise, Taylor Hall, the Chicago Blackhawks, went from day to day to on the IR. Also, I think it's retroactive till Saturday, this pre, this past Saturday. So I think he is now unavailable for at least the next two weeks, depending on how he heals up. So I think this opens the door for the likes of Taylor Radish, Corey Perry, maybe even Athanasiu. Uh, probably gives Donato an even more run on the top line with Bedard, but it'll be interesting to see how Chicago fills that that left wing spot. Now that Hall's going to miss, maybe not a significant amount of time, but extended time now. Uh, right now, Daily Faceoff has Nick Felino projected to be on the left side with Bedard and Tyler Johnson. Throwback to Tampa Bay for Allen there. Yeah, go ahead, Jay. Go ahead. Yeah, um, just checking uh, back on the IR rules. It's I think the four weeks is a holdover from the NFL, but for the NHL, I think it's just seven days. So. As long as Perfect. they okay. are retroactive to whatever, they can be placed placed back in within a week. All right. Perfect. Thank you, Jay, for that clarification for myself and for the listeners that may or may have been confused by my confusion. So I will I will take that one and and, and uh, learn from it as we're talking about injuries moving forward. Uh, so Line A and Hall, unfortunately, avail- unavailable for at least the next week. That lifts, you know the other pieces in the top six in Chicago and in Columbus for the next week in terms of deployment while they are out. And that takes us to who's back. Sebastian Ajo is back tonight for the Carolina Hurricanes in his normal spot. Top line with Turbo Turvinen and Natchez and also back in his nor. Oh, he was not on the top power play or at least according to Daily Faceoff, but I'm sure he did get some time there. Uh, is the game not going on right now? I think it's going on right now. Oh, it's over. It's I'm over. sure he did get some run yeah. there. They did not score <laughs> because they got shut out. That's why he's back, but it didn't uh, but matter. So hopefully it's good news him. for the owners uh, of Sebastian Ajo. He's back. And on that note, I also saw a report for those that have been holding on Andrei Svechnikov, he was skating today. He was not back playing, but he was the non-contact jersey was off and he was in a normal jersey. So I would imagine that means he is approaching a return. So keep an eye out on that. If you have him in an IR plus spot or an IR spot, it looks like he is getting closer and closer to being back. And it will be interesting to see how that impacts the top six in Carolina when he does return. My guess would be based on how they were laid out tonight that probably sees Stefan Nosen getting bumped down from the second line playing with Kopkin Yemi and Seth Jarvis 
but we will see uh, because Stefan Nosen and Jasper Kapkinyemi have actually been their two hottest offensive players to start the season. And I saw a tweet on X slash Twitter that their chemistry uh, from a, one of the beat reporters in Carolina has actually looked really good together. So it'd be interesting to see who gets bumped from their top six when Svechnikov returns. And it looks like that's getting closer and closer. And last but not least, eh, Pavel Buchnevich returned. As I have mentioned in the past shows, I'm not a huge fan of him. I think he's a little bit overrated in my opinion, but he was back in his normal spot uh, at practice today and it will be playing tonight with Braden Shen and Kasper Kasperi Kapanen. And he's back in his normal spot on power play one on the left side of that unit. Other storylines and trends about going on the, on in the the league. You know, some sombering news for the Winnipeg Jets coach, Rick Bonus. He's taking a leave of absence uh, with a health scare uh, that his wife experienced over the last few days. Uh, I don't know if this is a fantasy relevant thing, uh, if it impacts the lineup at all, but I think our best wishes and hope that his wife makes a speedy recovery is very important to mention here because nobody wants to deal with a significant other or a loved one facing something as scary as something unknown as as a seizure that could be life-threatening when they are not uh, normally accustomed to having seizures. So our well wishes and our hopes and prayers go out to the Bonus family in Winnipeg and hope to see him be back behind the, the bench of the Jets as soon as possible uh, with good news on his wife's uh, overall health and well-being. On that note, we take a deep breath and we get back to a fantasy-relevant topic. Anaheim, please free Leo Carlson. They're managing his minutes, continuing to do so. He is sitting out for the second game of in the row. This guy must have weak legs or something or isn't doing enough squats because like, he needs to rest two games after playing two games at 19 minutes time on ice for his first two NHL games, scoring his first goal, setting up a nice Troy Terry goal. He must need to get back in the gym and do some more squats. His quads must be on fire from his first two NHL games if he has to rest back-to-back games for the Anaheim Ducks. But from what we've seen, uh, the general manager say he's going to play only two games per week for the first two months of the season in this, let's call it time on ice management for the young center for Anaheim. So for those holding him or looking to keep him around in redrafts or keeper leagues, just keep that in mind. You will only get an opportunity to have him in your lineup two games out of whatever games the Anaheim Ducks have in a given week uh, until the end of November. Uh, until they actually ramp up his usage again. So for me, that most likely in in redrafts and even keepers, that probably puts him back on the waivers until you see him getting a full gamut of games and a, and, a, and getting full usage in that top six. I know we talked off a line that maybe there is some understanding about this him only being 18, 19 years old. But he looks just as NHL ready as the likes of Logan Cooley and Connor Bedard and um, the other Adam Fantilli, the other high end, you know, rookie draft class of 2023. And they're all getting some run. So 
it's a little bit confusing. I'll go back to my statement in free Leo Carlson. Come on, Anaheim. Put your best players on the ice. You were one of the lowest scoring teams last year without this kid. Uh, give your top six an opportunity to uh, to change that with you know the likes of Mason McTavish and Frank Vetrano and Ryan Strom all off to solid starts for this year. It'd be nice to see them kind of continue that with the help of Leo Carlson. But I digress. Why don't we get to the weekend schedule for the listeners, Alan? Why don't you take us through that and uh, talk about some streamers for the people? Yeah. So teams with that sweet spot Friday-Sunday schedule are Buffalo, Minnesota, Jersey, uh, San Jose, and Washington. Buffalo, potentially a sneaky hold for next week because two of their three games are on off nights. I don't think the first game's to like Wednesday, but uh, if you hold them, you'll definitely be able to get them on your schedule when they do play. The teams that play Friday are Arizona, Carolina, Chicago, LA, St. Louis, uh, Vancouver, and Vegas. And then Sunday, it just uh, besides the Friday-Sunday teams, are uh, Calgary, Colorado, and Edmonton. Good streamers, points leagues are uh, one of... Uh, Ryan Hartman or Marcus Johansson from Minnesota. They're both lowly owned. Uh, it's just kind of which deployment you want to take a bigger chance on because Ryan Hartman has line one with Kaprizov and uh, Zook, but power play two. And then Mar- but Marcus Johansson has line two, but power play one with those two guys. Again, deep cut. Uh, I just saw he got a lot moved to line one and power play one. Uh, Anthony Duclair on the Sharks. Someone on that team might score. And if everyone else is taken, that'd worth taking a waiver on him. It also looks like San Jose stepped away from that five forward power play, as most teams typically do after one or two games. But uh, it looks like their their quarterback on that top power play is uh, Kyle Burrows. Only 1% owned. Odds are you're going to find him. Who is that? Uh, if you want to take a chance on him. <laughs> exactly. I... I don't know, the a bottom pairing defenseman on most teams. I I don't know. That's his name. When I looked at the lines, that was his name. Got to throw it out there for the people. And uh, Casey Middlestot from Buffalo, 21% owned. Line two, power play two. Uh, that line two is with Alex Tuck and Jeff Skinner right now. So don't don't uh, dismiss it just because it's He was my streamer line. of the week this week, and he had two assists tonight, and he had over 17, almost 1750 time on ice. There you go. And then Colorado, Ryan Johansson. I'm I'm surprised. I, I figured everyone on Colorado, yeah, everyone on Colorado, it's like uh, Toronto syndrome. Like everyone just wants to touch nice things. Uh, I'm surprised he's only 14% owned. Uh, line two, power three play. Goals in three, games. And I three think goals in three games. Three goals in three games. Yeah, I think he's got yeah, one he tonight, scored again tonight on the power play. So he's passing it to the net somehow. Because that could if your league has face offs, he's even more valuable. And um, but right now Colorado's kind of scrambling those top two lines. And I think the last I saw was that line two is with Rantanen and um yeah, Rantanen and Tatar. This guy just came back and I saw he's got some pretty sweet deployment on Vancouver, Ilya Mikheyev. 5% owned, left wing, right wing, line one with Pedersen. I don't think he's getting power play time, or if it is, it's definitely power play too. But I think he's, yeah, he's. I think he's actually got a goal tonight. So, hey, he doesn't get both sweet days this weekend, but he gets one of them. Big boy bangers, uh, Marcus Foligno, 
Felino, wow. Um, I was not talking about the Incredible Hulk. Marcus Felino, left wing, right wing, 13%. Uh, he's tracking about five hits per game. So great, great pickup there. Connor Clifton, 9% defenseman, uh, three hits and two blocks per game so far this season. So he'll get you both. Back to the well for the Caps. Tom Wilson, they're still not scoring, but he'll hit things. On the Sharks, Super Mario Ferraro. Uh, 2% owned block specialist for the most part, but he will get you shots and hits zero G some goalie streams out there. Uh, Casey DeSmith on Vancouver. He'll see one of St. Louis or New York, hopefully St. Louis. I, I mean, I know he did well against Edmonton, but I would not want to spot stream against someone playing the Rangers. The LA tandem, uh, Talbot's 51%. So definitely go check. But one of them is going to see Arizona. Actually, and this one might change with uh, Freddie coming off of day-to-day. But one of Ranta or Krachekov potentially sees San Jose on Friday. Keep an eye on who starts that game. And then there's always, if you want, roll the dice at your own risk, one of the Sharks goaltenders. Uh, but as far as uh, rolling into next week, I'll hand that over to TJ. Just before Jay jumps into strategy for the people, I just want to preface it the patience thing, you know, we talked about Tage at the beginning, but from a Washington perspective, because I spoke about them on Fresh Fairs, I just want everybody to understand Ovechkin had 14 shots on goal tonight by himself. That is correct, Alan. I'm reading the box score. 14 shots on goal. Oh, no, I saw it. I'm just, I just realized my wife has him in her Cats League, and shots is like <laughs> the only extra category. Yes, that only have. led to one goal, but Ovechkin is going to be fine. He had 13 of those shots after the second period. The man is probably getting mad that his team is not doing great. He's going to be fine. You trust your studs, you ride your studs, and you wait for them to wake up. Period. Take it away, Jay. Yeah, and again, if you have Ovi, like, be excited to stream more caps, right? This is a journey to 892 goals, right? That journey is coming. Is coming one goal at a time. My goodness, 14 shots? <laughs> it's not, so, it's gonna be that's, that's insane. That that's insane. I'll say just wait till Patches comes back and that team's just like a Gatling gun, just firing pucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So digging into week three, uh, weekend strategy, obviously big caveat again is look at your own team. Uh, your team is going to have different slots and spots than my team is going to have different spots and slots and Allen's and Craig's. So definitely look at your own team to see which players and which knights are full and which nights are empty um generally speaking you'd want to fill up the empty nights and uh, clear out the nights where you have overly full benches now uh to give an example about this particular weekend or this upcoming end week three slate it's a bizarre week where thursday and not saturday is actually the most filled up night of the game week so for example 22 teams are playing on thursday only only 18 teams are playing on the saturday which actually means that for strategy your main goal is actually to avoid the heavy thursday and saturday 
days. But honestly, with 18 teams playing on the Saturday, you're most likely going to have a full lineup on your Saturday roster anyway. You you probably still have space, and you probably could still freely add players onto onto Saturday nights without being worried that they're they're not going to be able to make it in. We touched a bit on several capitals before. That team is so bad right now that regression is just going to hit them so hard and you want to be on that positive side when they regress back up. At the same time, let's talk about the two teams you need to target in the upcoming schedule, at least. Uh, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday only has two teams playing on all those nights. That's New Jersey and Washington. New Jersey is honestly pretty tough in terms of a streaming strategy, mainly because everybody from preseason and draft has already snagged up all the juicy capital. You're pretty much looking to see if somebody was impatient and dropped Dawson Mercer. I can't really imagine a player that has dropped that's better than Dawson Mercer but would make it onto your waiver wire. Now, obviously, if there's a crazy, crazy league where Timo's super slow start has somehow landed him on the wire, that's a taco league and you can take whomever. But New Jersey, talk, uh, target whomever is available there. I think Siegenthaler is a common name. Palat is also a common name. If you can grab those guys, they'll get you three nights. They, you probably have three free nights because you wouldn't have gotten those if you had anybody got anyone else riding on your bench. Washington is the real juicy target because so many good fantasy names are just available. Tom Wilson, as Alan mentioned, 45% owned. The guy is a human pinball. Three plus hits every single night. He hasn't even gotten the scoring touch quite yet, but he's going to get there. He's not going to finish the season with zero goals. And if there's any night where regression or week where you're banking on his regression to come back, it's these next three nights. So Tom Wilson's a great, great target. Dylan Strom, I couldn't believe it. I saw that he was 33% owned previously. Now he's 25% owned on a better off-night schedule in week three. If you're one of the managers that dropped Dylan Strom, go back and click add. Click the big plus button and get him right back onto your team to boost him back up to 33% because this is the week that you don't want to drop him and have him on your team, especially when he's getting line one with Ovechkin and power play one with Ovechkin. As Craig and Alan just mentioned, 14 shots. He's not getting those shots just because he's walking up to the net and shooting by himself. Someone is passing the puck to him. You need Capitals players, especially this week. Now, uh, there's so many other guys, and the rest of the Caps power play one, aside from John Carlson, I think is still on waivers. Like TJ Oshie, Evgeny Kuznetsov, these guys are like 13, 11% owned. They're getting PP one time with Ovi. And again, this week, go snag those players, go make sure you take them. Now, at the same time, I will also caveat that with this, with this week being kind of strangely angled with the heavy weighting of nights on Thursday instead of the remainder of the week, 
you can actually have a double dip stream at. Now, I'm going to describe it a little bit, which means just like Monday only had two teams playing, Buffalo and Montreal, Wednesday also only has two teams playing. That is the two golden teams that you should stream and target this week, the New Jersey Devils and the Washington Capitals. So if you get either of those players, you can choose, yes, you can choose to add New Jersey players or Washington players or both and then hold them for the rest of the week. What you also could do is you could add them for the Wednesday play and then you can double dip again and target teams that are going to play three of the remaining four nights of the week. Now, there's only two teams that fall into that category, okay? The Minnesota Wild play on Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. The San Jose Sharks play on Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. And they're the only teams that can play those three out of four nights. So what you could do is, hopefully by the time the episode airs, you can quickly scramble on and snag those devils, quickly scramble on and snag those capitals, and then right afterwards, the night after, on Thursday morning, you take a Minnesota Wild or you take a San Jose Shark. Now, there is a correct answer in terms of which player you need to take out of those two teams, and that player is Thomas or Tomas Hurdle. Line one, PP1, he basically is, he's the less talented version of what Timo Meyer was on the Sharks the past two seasons. There is nobody else that is going to get his... I guess, minute-munching vacuum, and Thomas Hurdle is 45% owned, which means in half the leagues where he's somehow not, on Thursday morning, smash those ad buttons and get Tomas Hurdle onto your team. He will be the difference between you winning week three and losing week three, and he's a center, which means he's discardable right after the good week is over. And... The other players just, I don't know, like the rest of the San Jose power play is really not worth it, but Barabanov might fit in on some parts of your lineup. I think Mario, Super Mario Ferraro is is also bouncing around, like so maybe he, maybe you can take him too. The Wilds, take whomever is left and best. I think there's Brodeen hanging around, he gets power play two time, but aim and target those teams for the purpose of maximizing your week and target any power play one players if we're just going to rattle off a couple of players for the minnesota and san jose purposes i'm just going to scroll through and look quickly there's jonas brodeen marcus Foligno, ryan hartman all these guys are 30 percent owned or less right so they should be there if they're not pick somebody pick the next guy up i am going to say this too um, this is almost preempting the weekend turn for week four but there are no teams that play back-to-back on week three Sunday and week four Monday. So there's no way you can double dip it and get, I guess, oh, like a player that can snag on and win you your week three and then also give you an early lead on week four. If there's a TLDR, it's capitals, okay? Get any capitals, best capitals you can get. Get devils. Get the best devils you can get for the Wednesday. Flip for San Jose Sharks or Minnesota Wild players. 
you should be able and you should have room to hold on to those players from those four teams, and that should maximize the rest of your week. That was a lot. I'll send it back to you, Craig. We're going to let Jay take a deep breath now. We're going to check in on the Taxi Squad watch list dudes. Taxi! And we're two weeks in now, and I had a conversation with a listener to, uh, today in terms of how to identify watch list guys now with waiver wires starting to thin out a little bit. Yes, you're trying to keep your eye on, you know, that whoopsie drop, that frustrated GM dropping guys with higher value. But I would imagine that that's not going to happen as regularly as one would have seen probably last week, starting into next upcoming weeks and months. You would be holding uh, those higher value players and looking for your, your value streams. And I told this listener, and it's not the end all and be all, but it is a good indication of potential offensive output. There's other factors in this, but it's shots on goal. Okay. You also want to consider, you know, where they're being deployed. Is it line one? Is it line two? Is it line three? Are they getting any power play one time? But a good indication of any offensive upside is shots on goal. And for me, that's looking for people through two weeks that have two or more shots on goal per game, if not pushing that three or more shots on goal per game. So I'm going to ramble, I'm just going to run through some names and some deployment for the consideration of the people out there. Not all of them have huge point point outputs over the first two weeks of the season. However, they have quite the elevated shots on goal, which is a good indication of potential future offensive output and I think the ones that I will mention also have some solid deployment at least at even strength for it to actually be attainable and somebody you could stream when required or when that team has a good uh, schedule in an upcoming week and feel pretty confident about that selection we spoke on Trevor Moore of the Los Angeles Kings through the first two weeks of the season, he has four goals, uh, 14 shots on net, three hits, and one block. Uh, he's running on the third line with the Kings, with Philip Dano and, uh, yes, Arthur Kaliev, and he gets second power play unit run there. And as the Kings roll their lines, and I think we mentioned this the last time we spoke of him, you know, he gets somewhere between... 16 to 19 minutes of ice time uh, on a given night and then they do roll their power plays pretty evenly he's only left wing eligible but i think he's a viable at least early on in the season i think he's a viable stream candidate when the kings have a good schedule second taxi squad member scott layton of the philadelphia flyers currently they're 2c not getting any power play time but he does get penalty kill opportunity and he's getting somewhere in the vicinity of 15 to 17 minutes time on ice he has four shots through the first two weeks of the season or sorry four assists through the first two weeks of the season one shorthanded point 19 shots on goal this is the interesting one if you're looking for a forward to help you in categories leagues he has six hits and six blocks centering the second line uh, so they definitely use him in a more of a defensive shutdown role, but he has 19 shots on goal 
through the opening uh, four or five games for the Flyers. And he's playing with Tyson Forrester and Travis Konechny, their best player at even strength. So he's certainly somebody who we will keep an eye on in terms of the taxi squad watch list. Colton Sissons, the scissor man, a little bit lower on the opportunity from a shots on goal, but he's uh, their second line center centering the line currently with uh, Gustav Nyquist. I don't even know who the other guy is. Samuel Fogum, Fogum, but he scored it tonight again, actually against Vancouver. So he has four goals in the first two weeks of the season, one shorthanded point, 10 shots on goal. And then again, if you are in a categories league, which a lot of people are, he has nine hits and five blocks through the first two se- uh, weeks of the season. So those first two guys that are the se- the second and third guy, Scott Layton and, and the Scissorman, both very viable streamers with point upside, shots on goal upside for your category coverage from a forward perspective. A couple more guys here that are off to pretty decent starts for their team. Thomas Novak, we've touched on him again before. Doesn't do a whole lot in the category coverage, but an upcoming young player in on the Predators. He's currently their third line center, centering Luke Evangelista and Kiefer Sherwood. Uh, he has four goals, 13 shots on net to start the season. Uh, getting around 15 to 17 minutes time on ice. He's certainly somebody who could push for more top six minutes as the season goes along. I would imagine the scissor man is not going to maintain this hot output in terms of his offensive capabilities. Tommy Novak showed he could run with the top six last year. I would imagine he will get some run there and some power play time as the season goes on. Another, you know, Alan hit on Ryan Johansson, Rijo, very viable. You want somebody who is inside and playing with nice things and elite players you can't get much more elite than miko rantanen of the at even strength and you can't get much more elite than playing with miko rantanen nathan mckinnon kale mccarr and valerie nachuskin on power play one in colorado as well and it like i said earlier if you're in a face-offs league he has even more upside uh, especially playing in a defensive role. He's actually been shooting at a pretty good clip. Well, he's got two. He, he had a second goal tonight. Oh, he scored two tonight? Yeah. Oh, wow. Look at that. Ryan Johansson, is he going to join the Monahanasons or whatever the hell you guys are calling it? The Johannessons. So in the first two weeks of the season, Raijo has 8, 10, 12, 15 shots on goal. And that's not really his bread and butter. Uh, So that's really interesting. He has an interesting caveat in terms of time on ice. He's kind of gone from 14 and a half to 18 and a half. It's kind of been all over the place, depending on, I would imagine that would be dependent on situation and game script there in Colorado. They're probably using him in a more of a shutdown role, trying to win faceoffs in their own end with his assistance. Definitely some upside there playing with some of the most elite players in the league and only 15% owned and on a bit of a hot streak. Joe Felino of the Detroit Red Wings. You're not going to find a hotter team in hockey right now, even though they're in a bit of a grind tonight. He also scored again tonight through the first two weeks. He has three goals, one assist, seven shots on net, 
again, another forward that can help you categories wise. He has four hits, three blocks, uh, centering the third line with Daniel Sprong and David Perron tonight. Again, another guy, Daniel Sprong from the Detroit Red Wings, two goals, two assists, 13 shots on net to start the season. You know, both of them are not getting tons of time on ice, but probably getting opportunity to score some secondary points for the Detroit Red Wings with now teams starting to solely focus on that shutting down that top line if they even can because of how hot Larkin and Debrinkat have been. Some other interesting pieces for the Taxi Squad watch list going into week week three's weekend and into week four. Cam Atkinson, three goals, 14 shots on net, four blocks from the Philadelphia Flyers rolling on that top line with Couturier and Owen Tippett also getting power play one deployment, only 5% owned. Same with Taylor Radish, uh, one goal, one assist, one shorthanded point, 13 shots on net from Taylor Radish. And again, another forward that can help you in category coverage, seven hits, seven blocks to start the season. Uh, so doing a little bit of everything and with the Taylor Hall injury, it'll be interesting to see if he gets a little bit more run on the top line. He's currently with Lucas Reichel and Athanasiu on the second line, according to Daily Faceoff, and on power play two. But with Ryan Donato being demoted to the fourth line center role, I would imagine he might get rotated out of power play one at some point. So that might mean some more opportunity for Taylor Radish to produce offensively. That is it from a watch list taxi squad standpoint. So any closing remarks on week three weekend boys before we sign off for tonight? Travis Sanheim is not this season's Montour guys. Like despite what you might read on Reddit. (laughs) I have added him in several places. I'll be interesting to see what he does over the next little bit. I might hold on to him just because of the deployment and he does have a little bit balanced approach in terms of hits and blocks compared to some of the other power play fringe quarterbacks that are out there. So he does at least contribute categories wise. I'm going to give a shout out again to Pavel Michkov from the Anaheim Ducks. Another point tonight, two shots on goal already, already 13 and almost 14 minutes through two periods. This kid is making a statement that he wants to hold on to uh, this deployment he's getting, regardless of Jamie Drysdale, also now on the IR. Uh, Another guy that I want to put on the taxi squad that I missed in my list was Matthew Potras. Is that his last name? Matthew Potras? That's what I'm going to call him. Second line center for the Boston Bruins. One of their better prospects. He made the team out of camp. He started as their third line center, played well enough to push Charlie Coyle down the lineup. You know, he isn't off to the like the hottest start, but he has through the first two weeks of the season. So that's six games, including tonight, 10 shots on goal, two goals and two blocks. You know, he's not getting the greatest deployment right now, but I think it'll just increase as the season goes on. His last game was just over 16 minutes. He's had a couple of 14-minute games. He's had to have a couple of 12-minute games. Pavel Zaka did score tonight, but he hasn't been off to the best start being their line one power play one center. They just put Marchant on up on that top line with him and Pasternak tonight. If Zaka can't produce with those two guys on his wings, I think Potras might get 
a look at 1C at some point in the near future, uh, since he's already pushed Charlie Coyle down the lineup with his with his positive play. So something to keep an eye on from the Boston Bruins making an early impact and starting to push for a little bit more time on ice and minutes moving forward. Uh, Jay, any closing thoughts from you, buddy? uh, Re-mention again is that those Carolina defensemen, Brady Shea and um, Jacob Slavin, they're still kind of hanging around in certain leagues. Some leagues, obviously, they're getting quickly snatched up, but they are not getting power play time, but they're scoring a lot of five-on-five. It might be worthwhile to just pick them up and see if they are available and see one because Brent Burns might not, and and Dmitry Orlov, they might not hold on forever if those guys continue producing five on five. And if, again, they didn't score not only on the power play today, Carolina, they didn't score at all. So if that dip in play comes around, and you're holding on to Slavin, or you're holding on to Shea, maybe maybe power play time comes around, and maybe that production can become a sustained fantasy output as opposed to just a flash in a pan. So if they're doing it without getting the power play anyway, it might be worthwhile to you know pick them up and hold on and see see where the ropes go. Yeah, and then uh, you know the last caveat, and we'll close with this again. And Tage Thompson just proved it tonight. He is alive and well, uh, regardless of his time on ice. We're not even going to go into that. Uh, T- Tyler Toffoli also broke out tonight with three with a hat trick. We sent out, you know, the squad sent out on Twitter slash X earlier today, just some of the cold players coming out of the first two weeks of the season, uh, all supposed to be, you know, drafted probably by you or by the three of us in your top three rounds and redrafts and potentially keeper leagues, or you kept some of these players in keeper leagues, they're all going to be fine. And our, our closing note on that for those that are frustrated, you know, Ovechkin with 14 shots on goal tonight, come on, <laughs> like he's going to be all right. There might be some fringe guys you might be concerned about, and we'll keep a tra- eye on those and keep everybody updated. But our closing thought for those ice cold players that are studs or supposed to, you know, you have high draft capital in, or you kept them is yes. The buy low window is open on them. But if you are looking to move them as a frustrated general manager, either don't and be patient or make sure you get real value. Do not do something silly that could hurt you moving forward in terms of your ability to compete because you moved one of your key pieces that just need a little bit of time to get going and i saw an interesting fact on tage thompson he only had one goal through the first seven games last year one and then he exploded and scored 50 and had 90 points so he's gonna be fine he now has two goals through seven games he's gonna be fine (laughs) the only the only one out of all of those guys that i'm still a little bit concerned with uh, honestly, the ones that we listed today on Twitter slash X is Timo Meyer. He's shown a little bit of signs of life uh, the last couple of games, but he only had an assist tonight, no shots on goal, no hits. Like, what? what is going on? <laughs> like, that is not the Timo everybody knows and loves. I'm not saying anybody should, you know, check out of the Timo Meyer Hotel 
you want to hold because of what's going on in New Jersey and how they're playing. And now they're, you know, Toffoli is now waking up and Jack Hughes is playing out of his mind. Sorry, Meyer had two hits tonight, but no shots on goal and only 15 minutes of ice time. And I think following (laughs) up on that, it's the idea that if you are trading for somebody of value, a big indicator of value is their deployment. A big indicator of their value is their ability not just to get, oh, a goal or an assist or whatever, but it's exactly as Craig said, like track their shots on goal. If you shoot... If you're Robert Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> well, the old dodge absolutely is that you can't score a goal without a shot. I don't know if they count tip-ins, but we're not arguing semantics here, right? Like, the goal is if you are shooting the puck, you're going to put up opportunities for you to score goals, for you to put up power play points. You need the ice time. You need coaches that aren't like Brindamore, coaches that aren't like torts who throw star players into the grinder into the ringer and bench them based on unperceived or not disclosed or undisclosed reasonings you want the guys that are gonna get the minutes that are gonna get 22 minutes or 20 minutes of ice time no matter what if they post an unhappy photo on instagram The coach is going to acquiesce and give them an extra minute or two to keep them happy. That's the big difference for Timo at the end of the day. He needed to be the guy vacuuming up all those minutes in San Jose. They were going to play him or they were going to play one of the mascots that showed up for work. There was nobody else on the Sharks. Who is he going to take the spot on? Or who on New Jersey is needing him the same way the Sharks are? Just before Jay goes on a rant here, because Alan walked me off the Timo Meyer sell low edge, and for the listeners out there, you do not trade him yet without value, okay? You hold on him, because Alan's point is clear. They gave him the bag, they are going to give him opportunity to produce regardless of how it's looked early in the season. It's coming. It will come. Be patient. I'm going to be because I have him in so many pieces. We're going to sign off on this and before we park the van cab. Hot guy check-in and a single guy. Shane Gostas Bear. Scorching hot, baby. I'm loving it. Except that when I on. fire right now and yes i know he's not available but if you can somehow get him he has two more power play points tonight he has three points tonight and the game's not even over he is on fuego he has eight shots on goal in the last two games for the detroit red wings gostis on yeah there might be another gostis fair there's another guy you guys you two can add to your renaissance thing just have list. a renaissance fair <laughs> yeah. so through through the red wings opening seven games he has three goals five assists 10 12 14 15 shots on goal he has five of those six of those points on the power play Red Wings to the moon, to Alan's uh, despair. And we will sign off on that. Let's go, Red Wings, making the playoffs. Uh, and De- and Brinkat leading the goal, the, 
the league in goal scoring and Larkin breaking 90 points. Let's go. <laughs> also in terms of not hot guy checking, but just as teams in general, we still have undefeated teams. Three Bruins, Avalanche, I guess Boston Bruins, Colorado Avalanche, Vegas Golden Knights. If there's any guys or they have a good streaming week, definitely, definitely snag some of those 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 guys. All right, Jay. Park the van cab. Turn off the fares. Follow us on Twitter. You'll find our handles uh, in the show notes. Like, subscribe, give us five stars wherever you get your fine podcasts. If you are in the fantasy community, which I would imagine you are and you're listening to us, jump in the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Discord. Uh, If you haven't yet, check out Mike Rogerson's Rogers Limited Series, the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Guide to help those that are new at fantasy or new at running leagues. As a commissioner standpoint, he's just released episode five, I believe yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, of the seven episode series they're short they're sweet there's some really good informative information in there give him some reviews on that content and as always the van cab and the taxi squad will be back real soon with our week four preview and watch out for quick fares our reflection on week three and all things fantasy and hockey coming to you early next week and we will say good night world it's all love we will be back soon. Shane Gostis Fair to the moon. Uh, is this limo of a barf bag? <laughs> it's okay. At least you have Jonas Johansson. That's right. <laughs> shutting out everybody right now. <laughs> shutting out my hopes of winning this fantasy week against Allen. Tage Thompson is alive. Good night, everybody. We'll pick you up later.